Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily time as we count down the days and hours until a Sunday night showdown between the Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks and... uh, I can already hear in the Declan Goff establishment the Corona Hard Seltzers popping for that game on Sunday. Is it dangerous that this game's at 7 and not at noon for my Corona Hard Seltzer intake? Well, if you're going to pregame for like 12 hours, I would be then responsible. Would be but probably dangerous. But then also, when vent line's rolling, I can crack a few uh, as we're wrapping up that. So there's a win-win if I want a pregame or a postgame. Because that's, that's what you get with, with Corona Hard Seltzer. It's the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach vibes. With a refreshing splash of flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer. Spike sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. Cousins hoping to do that from the pocket and open. Justin Jefferson inside the 30 of the second. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Uh, he's making plays, creating separation, finishing plays. You know, it would be an exciting challenge every week to try to find uh, new opportunities to get him the football. To be honest, it, it helps us. Uh, it helps our offense out uh, to have uh, me doing the things that I do, having Adam make plays and having Delvin run the ball. Uh, it's kind of hard to stop. You know, all three phases and, um, you know, each week our offense is getting better and better and uh, we just got to keep moving forward and and keep grinding. That was star wide receiver. And yes, I'm already calling him a star (laughs) wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, talking about his first month in the NFL and the Vikings offense, which has in a lot of different categories become a borderline top five offense facing off against another top five offense this Sunday, the Seattle Seahawks. We'll get into a what if scenario here on the show, but Gentlemen, let's start the show off. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff here on Purple Daily. The injury report came out for Wednesday, and the, if, as if the Vikings haven't already been beaten up enough with <laughs> Daniil Hunter, it sounds like, is going to be out for the season. And uh, Unique Ngakwe was dealing with an ankle injury a couple weeks ago, and Anthony Barr is now out. And Eric Kendricks did not practice on Wednesday because of a foot injury. Now, our friend Doogie from the Scoop podcast he came on Mackie and Judd and said, 
He expects Kendricks to play on Sunday based on information he's hearing, but when you're already down a bunch of defensive players and you've already got uh, rookies and backups all over the place, Eric Kendricks not practicing on a Wednesday with a foot injury against a high-octane offense is a little bit concerning, Judd. It's very concerning, but let me throw the question right back at you. No, turn the alarm off. It ain't worth it. Here's the question. If he's borderline to play, and ordinarily in a normal year, you would definitely try and push through when he's going to want to play because he's definitely a competitor. Is it worth it? Is it worth it for a Sunday night game in Seattle when realistically we we know what's going on here? We're not dumb. We all know. And yes, it could be egregious. It could be terrible. Your defense will now potentially not have Kendricks and Barr. I understand what I'm saying. I'm asking, do you risk anything with anybody you care about? This message was powered by the Tank for Trevor campaign. <laughs> I'm Tank for Trevor, and Pop I approve a Corona, this message. hard seltzer, and <laughs> let happen what's going to happen on that field. I hear what you're saying, and so I think it really, and this is the story of the first month of the season, it's sort of, which lens are you viewing this Viking season through? Do you see Eric Kendricks on the injury report and think, oh, my God, (laughs) they're already going to have a hard time slowing down Russell Wilson, who's having a career start to uh, a Hall of Fame uh, career to this point. How are you going to do without Eric Kendricks being healthy? But then what you're saying is, oh, well, if Justin Jefferson wants to show that he's amazing again and the Vikings want to lose this game 42 to 31 and put up a fight and. 42. Continue to push down the path of draft positioning. Who's stopping at 42? (laughs) Well, the projected score, according to ESPN.com's Pick Center, the projected score of this game is Seahawks 33, Vikings 26. This is like the average of... Nice try, guys. It's a Pac-12 game. 52, (laughs) 52. I hope so. Yeah, the more points, the better. At this point in time, yes. Give me me 55, 51. Seahawks are seven-point favorites and a 66% chance to win this game outright. To Vikings, 34%. Actually, there's a 0.3% chance that they tie. That the more, would be something. The, the more points, the merrier for me, as far as I'm concerned. It, it's back 12. Well, I would need to know on the Eric Kendricks front, is this, you know, what type of a foot injury is this? Is this something that right. if you go out, can you do irreparable damage and maybe put, like, your career in jeopardy or something? Or is he just going to have to grind through Foots are, a stub feet are, feet are not something that you want to mess around with <laughs> in football because it can prolong itself then. Like, there's no good, I don't think there's, short of it being being like an ingrown toenail or something gross like that, I don't think there's anything that a foot can have where it's like, ah, it's just a minor tweak. I think it can be worsened. But look, this entire conversation goes back to what I was saying about Cook, which is, I think, for the Vikings to win games, he needs to get the ball probably and touches a ridiculous amount of time. I'm not saying that's smart. I'm saying you have to pick your, you have to make your choice. So I'm not advocating um, that Dalvin Cook should carry the ball 32 times per game. What I'm saying is, is well, you said 30 gonna, last week. Yes, if you want to win games, if you want to win games. But my point is, I don't know that it's that important. Okay, then let's go down this path here. Like right. this is an interesting conversation. Let's go down this path because I personally, I I am sticking to my. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my ground on this until the Vikings absolutely prove otherwise that 
my mission statement for this team is to win a Super Bowl. I don't think that can happen in 2020. So my mission statement is to win a Super Bowl. I think it would be a clearer path to get there if they were bad enough one time to draft a new quarterback. So that's my stance. Okay. But the path I want to take you guys down here for the purposes of this episode of Purple Daily is what if they beat the Seahawks this weekend? Seattle has 26 guys on their injury report. They've lost two defensive starters, including a really good starting cornerback, ACL injuries. Mm-hmm. And they've got a banged up starting running back who's also on the injury report, mm-hmm. Carson. And their defense is kind of a sieve. Like the Vikings and Seahawks aren't exactly, they're not exactly a brick wall defensively. It's not like it was three years ago, five years ago. And so it is conceivable to me that if the Seahawks turn the ball over or something, like the Seahawks are definitely favorites in this game, but the Vikings have put up points the last two weeks. If these two teams get into a back and forth and Seattle commits an untimely turnover or something, they drop a punt or something, that the Vikings could win this game 34 to 30 or something like that. All right. It is in the realm of possibilities. What if that happens? And now they're two and three. And now they're staring at a deadbeat Falcons team at home the week after. Yep. With a path to get back to 500 entering a bye week. And then, of course, you get the Packers, but then you get, you got two games against the Lions. You've got the Jaguars, the Panthers. I'm just saying, even though I would prefer to see them go three and 13, show some positive individual performances, draft uh, Justin Fields or something, it is possible they beat the Seahawks. They can score enough points. They can go toe to toe to some extent offensively. What if they beat the Seahawks? It is the makings of the biggest nightmare that the Vikings could have. It is, honest to God, the worst possible thing. Because you're right. Oh, yeah, I, I would panic then because, and this is why I'm saying when it comes to Kendricks, do you say, Eric, you know, thanks a lot, but no. Because then let's say you do come back and, and the Falcons have not fired Dan Quinn by then, and now you're 3-3, three and three, okay? You are setting yourself up. If you chase that seventh playoff seed, which in the scenario that you're talking about, Phil, is possible, it's a nightmare because you're not good enough to do a thing with it. You are you are basically putting yourself back into the box that you've been in for so long. The only thing is, and the difference is this, I'll give the Vikings credit because a lot of times they are good enough to win a playoff game, 2019. I get that. And in those years, all right, what the hell? Chase it. Go ahead and chase it. But look at this defense. Like, So if you beat the Seahawks and your offense, you know, let's say Dalvin Cook gets going and Jefferson has a big game and Kirk doesn't, Kirk doesn't feel the pressure because it's actually not there, which is when Kirk unfortunately thrives. And all of those ingredients come together and you win 42-34, all right? Your defense is still in shambles and it's not all your fault. This is the season to lose. So I think a win against Seattle is chasing nothing. I think it's worst case. And I think it possibly builds builds you up to have, at the end of the day, a false sense of security that you have no business internally if you are the Vikings having. And there's nothing worse than because the players will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no pressure, no pressure. No, no, no. I'm with you, Phil. I want this team to build up to be in a place where it can pursue championships, and there's nothing that they can do from a winning standpoint in 2020 that's going to actually be the pursuit of a championship if they win. What about you, Declan? 
Well, what if I told you that the Vikings defense can't get any worse than it is right now? Like, the Vikings defense is pretty damn bad. We all know that. Mike yeah. Hughes is coming back, right? We still don't know about Daniil Hunter, but let's, I guess let's just rule him out. Like, let's just rule him out of the equation because it's, it's, not, it's unfair to say when he can come back. I don't think this defense can get any worse, which means I, can only, I only think it can get better. If they get a big win against Seattle, then you have Atlanta. I think that's a guaranteed win. Now you're 3-3 three and three going into the bye week. And football is so random. And if you're an offensive first team, which now the Vikings are trending to be, that's the sexy thing to do in the NFL. All of a sudden, the narrative completely changes. You've just hit on kind of an interesting point in that we've kind of been sitting here. I, I think they've backed their way into it a little bit here, but we've been sitting here for years kind of questioning, boy, this like defensive first organizational philosophy that it's, it just takes so many perfect components to win a Super Bowl that way. And, and and they did it. Like, lo and behold, they freaking did it in 2017. They put together the perfect defense for, for the modern NFL. Great pass-stopping defense. They got after the quarterback. And and they still get their asses kicked in Philadelphia in, in the NFC Championship game. And, and then the defense starts to erode because Everson Griffin gets a little bit older and Linval Joseph gets older and... Daniil Hunter, um, or I'm sorry, uh, Anthony Barr was not as good as we thought, and they like mistakenly signed him to a contract. It's just so hard to keep those 11 pieces all together. And now we're looking at a team that, yes, they're 1-3 to start the season, but they are the fifth best offense in the NFL yards per play. Pro Football Focus has them, I believe, with the seventh best offense to start the season. But they've kind of like... They've kind of found this new formula of two-star wide receivers, Dalvin Cook, Pam... Um, the pass blocking has been better in the last couple of games. Is this the evolution toward like, and if they beat Seattle, it's going to be with offense, right? This weekend. So are they, are they sort of like sneakily evolving into something that we've wanted them to evolve into no. the last couple of years? Not not even close. Okay. I'm just I'm just throwing, Okay. All right. Throwing, All right. I'm what still Declan, taking for Trevor. Listen, I'm still taking I'm going to help Trevor. Declan out. Sports Dad is here, okay? Right. Because what Declan said, 27, right, Dex? <laughs> yeah, I've snuck out of the house a few times. Yep. Okay, you're 27. Okay. Yep, 27. Phil, Declan is in the primo, and you were there, and you're done now. But Declan is in, and I don't fault you, and what you said makes sense coming from from you because you are in the primo territory of what I like to call Viking Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> oh, God. And it's this. This is a man who's weathered a lot of Vikings football, folks. And it's this. It's yeah. dead. Vikings Stockholm Syndrome is the good enough syndrome. Because what you're talking about, Dex, is, oh, they can rebound and come back and make it a competitive year. And, and thus, my Sundays spent with uh, Corona Seltzers, of course, and Vikings football can be great fun again. And look, they're competitive, right? But what Phil has evolved to, which is where we all have to be eventually, is, yeah, but what's the championship formula? The Vikings are nowhere near that yet. Now, offensively, you know what? They've got components, no question. But those need to be pieces of the formula, not... You, you decks are you're dating you're dating a 21 year old who's just out to have fun and she's great but there's no future there. Been there yeah. There's no future there. Now maybe you continue to date and in three years, bang, there's a future there. Okay, you know Delvin and Justin <laughs> Jefferson especially. You say this is a dead end. Jefferson, rela- the Vikings are a yes, dead end relationship. Right yes, now. and there are components that over time could grow here. 
But the whole notion of, well, if they just beat the Seahawks and then they get the, uh, the Falcons, that's a sure win, right? Well, now they're three and three and it could be fun. But what Phil keeps saying, and Phil now, in my opinion, has landed in the exact right places. Yeah, but what's the championship here? Like, what's, what's the pursuit here? And the ultimate answer right now is there's components that could be very successful eventually. But for right now, there's not that formula. It's like starting to just sort of, you put it on the stove and it's like, it's starting to boil yet? I see a little bit of things bubbling up, but beyond that, it's just a little bit here at this point in time. It's not the full thing yet. What you're saying there is, all right, I've had my heart broken, so I just need to let the person come to me. I'm saying mm-hmm. I'm going to put my eggs in a couple baskets here, put right. some feelers in a couple different situations, and who winds up with the best situation will find out. That's where I'm at right here. <laughs> I right. apply this to life and football. Right, but you're but you're young. I don't blame you. Yeah, I honestly I don't blame the, you one bit. I think the more likely scenario here is that they get they're they're feeling good after that Houston game, but now all the stuff that's come out now, the fight between the the previous week, JJ Watt and Bill O'Brien got into basically like a brawl. Like <laughs> yeah. you can think it physical, but Classic. great. But JJ Watt basically ended Bill O'Brien on a practice field. Good for him. And the team decided, all right, this guy's gone, and they and. It wasn't just like your standard, a team quits, and it's kind of hyperbole, like, oh, that team quit. No, like, this team actually planned to quit in that game against the Vikings yes. to get their coach fired. And you could see it. And so we have to take that into consideration when we look at the first win of the season for the Vikings. I think the more likely scenario, and this is good news if you are tanking for Trevor mindset, <laughs> is that they get put in their place against Seattle, and now they're 1-4, and four, and then we'll see what happens in that home game against Atlanta, but... Um, it's, it is a fork in the road here for the Vikings and that more often than not, when they're in this position and we went through the, the one in three starts earlier this week on an episode of purple daily, more often than not, historically, this franchise at least responds to be respectable still when they start poorly because they, they're not the Browns, they're not the Lions, they don't train wreck. And so this, this could, this could still be a situation where they collect themselves. They've got enough talent on offense. And they and they move their way toward a seven and nine season that's relatively meaningless. Back to the show in just a moment, but a quick shout out to Federated Federated Mutual Insurance Company, helping Minnesota business owners since 1904, based in Owatonna. And you can follow them now on Twitter at Federated Ins for fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics like working in extreme temperatures, which we are very used to here one way or the other in Minnesota, distracted driving, which we, I think, are also used to here. Uh, Check out this month's Risk Management Corner article addressing fire prevention on uh, Federated Insurance's website as well. Fire Prevention Awareness Week runs October 4th through the 10th, and uh, this year's theme is Find Fire Before Fire Finds You. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. And after all this discussion, what I am asking for here is to lean into the bad start and no, I embrace know. it. I hear you. And be okay with it and still find little silver linings of Justin Jefferson okay. and and rookie cornerbacks improving throughout the season. The important thing here is is we all know that football teams don't actually tank. Like there's no such thing as, you know what'd be great? Let's lose, okay? But this is where but the Kendricks thing is the perfect example of what I'm talking about, which is if there is a risk there, let's say it's a 10% risk that he plays and the foot gets a lot worse or something. Mm-hmm. Ordinarily, in a good year, I think you might be like, I'll take the risk. We got to do it. He's too good. It's Seattle. It's Russell Wilson. The, the 
quote unquote tanking aspect here, Phil, it's very simple. You ask yourself right now, is this worth it? And if my answer is it's not, he doesn't play. And it's not like I'm purposely sabotaging it, but what I'm doing is I'm taking in I'm I'm weighing what the result's going to be. Sure, sure. So he doesn't play, I'm probably gonna lose for sure now. Am I upset by that? Absolutely not. That's fair. Uh the other the other storyline for this weekend's game against the Seahawks, it's a primetime game. It is a national TV primetime game. And our friend Kirk Cousins oh, in his career in primetime, so he's he's winless on Monday night still. Oh and nine, I believe. Which, right? Excuse it. Yeah, I think so. I think he's got to 0 and 9 with the loss last year. Or I've got a I've got something here. Is it it might be 0 and 8. Either okay. way, like he's winless on Monday nights. <laughs> okay. He's 8 15 and 1 in primetime games or in what they call island games where you're the you're the only game being played. So, I think that includes playoffs too. We're like it's not a it's not a primetime game, but you're playing the Saints in the afternoon and it's the only game on, right? Eight fifteen and one, so he's mostly he's five hundred ish in those games. If you take away uh, the, the Monday night games, now he hasn't always just played like garbage in these games. There's a couple I can remember that Thursday was at the Thursday night game against the Rams where he's just going gangbusters and throwing mm-hmm. for three hundred fifty yards or whatever, and the defense can't make a stop. But is that still? I I, I feel like the primetime narrative or the primetime reality because the record is what it is has been put on the back burner a little bit because of the Saints playoff game last year. Like, he made that big throw to Adam Thielen, and he outdueled Drew Brees, and he won a big playoff game. And it, it kind of silenced the primetime criticism for the time being. And I have a feeling if he loses this game and plays poorly, it's going to be a major thing oh, again yeah. starting next week. I think the primetime um, um, feeling about Cousins is inability to win big games also also was sort of changed by the Sunday night win in Dallas where they beat the Cowboys. I that might have been his first primetime win. So he he still has not won on a Monday night, but I think he's now won so he he beat Washington here last year on a Thursday night and then he beat Dallas on a Sunday night there. And so I think that sort of pushed that narrative aside a bit. Um I wonder, too, guys, if this Vikings team, especially if they lose this game, has so many issues beyond Cousins in prime time at this point that that was a focus because that was the whole, is this a Super Bowl team? Is Cousins a Super Bowl quarterback? Man, it, you know, if he can't play in the bright lights. I wonder if it's sort of also been pushed aside by the fact that this team just flat out across the board now has bigger fish to fry. Yeah, but even then, like, but but now you're kind of getting into the, well, but like the conditions aren't perfect, so of course he's going to play poorly on Sunday night. And it's like, I, I that's 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 an argument that I'm sort of, I'm, I'm sort of sick of the, well, like, you already know who he is. I know. But until the front office makes a different decision on the quarterback position, I'm going to keep pointing out sure. the flaws that sure. hold this team back from winning a Super Bowl. So Russell Wilson, on the other hand, seems like he steps up in these primetime games. I just think the Vikings have issues now that go so far beyond that because they're truly not that good that we're probably not talking about it enough because that's sort of a conversation that I think you have if you perceive your team to be a Super Bowl team. Like, if you can't win in primetime, how are you going to win the big game? Well, the big game is so far away now. And plus with Kirk at this point, I just think we sort of know him. Like, it's not an excuse. It's just, it's not really going to change ultimately yeah. that, that much. Like, I don't think that, that starting on Sunday in Seattle, 
Kirk's going to go on a sudden run, let's say, of six consecutive primetime wins. Oh, my God, it's completely changed. When can they start flexing out? Can they flex Monday games they could have this flexed, season? No, they can't. But they could have flexed yeah. Sunday games Sunday. starting with this game. Yep. Okay. And they elected they to keep it because, shockingly, Russell Wilson's play. So they're going to have a guaranteed Monday night game at Chicago yeah, on November 16th. Yeah, we're stuck with that. I, I'm going to guess that the national TV window game, the, the Fox 325 kickoff against Dallas on the 22nd of November, gets flexed back to noon. If those two teams are both like under five hundred, okay, I'm going to guess that they don't play that. I know that doesn't count as a primetime game, no. but it's like a you know it's a it's a big window. And then that Christmas Day game we're against stuck. New Orleans we're on stuck. a Friday that's staying. Yeah, for we're sure. stuck with that game. So he'll get he'll get three shots at the primetime window or the island window as they. I call like it that term. Season. I've never heard island of this window. Of an article. That's interesting. The island window for for Kirk. So all right. go ahead and lose. Just go ahead and lose. It's okay to lose. 2020, it's been tough. It's okay to lose. And if they lose or if they win, it doesn't matter. We're going to be with you on Vikings Ventline right after the game late Sunday night on the Purple Daily YouTube page, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast, and also available to live on Score North Twitter and Facebook if you want to hang out with us. And if you want to be part of the show, you can email vikingsventline at gmail.com, and we'll see if we can get you into the actual live video with us. Sunday night, where where yeah, is he going to be coming be, from? That's interesting. Hopefully, a hot tub. Just, just twelve, you think he has 12 to beers one? in. What happens in the Fargo nightlife? Yeah, I mean, he's North Dakota. I don't know if he's Fargo. Twelve beers. In. Oh boy, he wasn't Fargo. He wasn't know. Fargo. Yeah. Anyhow, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we will see you guys next time. The South Dakota Stories, Volume Two. I could see beyond the Black Hills and the way they called for exploration. I could feel the air, the way it paints against skin and fills hungry lungs. I could hear the way the water ran for miles, and the way the bison grazed, the way our boots meet the earth as we step past expected. I could imagine my time in South Dakota, and I wish to go back, because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.